This is Faithful and Fruitful, a podcast for youth ministry and youth leaders. We're proudly brought to you by Taz Youth Convention and Vision 100. Welcome to Faithful and Fruitful. We're in the third season and today we're discussing five mistakes every youth group makes and how to avoid them. Mike, why on earth would we talk about the mistakes of a youth ministry? You, surely you haven't made any mistakes in your time? No, absolutely none. Um, <laughs> mate, that is exactly uh, the, the opposite. The reason why we talk about it is part of being a leader, I think, and um, engaging in any sort of ministry, and we will make mistakes. And one of the things, I've made heaps of mistakes, uh, I know you've made heaps of mistakes, <laughs> and one of the things that hopefully the POG can do in this episode and others is... We're trying to help people not make the mistakes that we've already made. Yeah. Five mistakes. Let's talk about the first one here. Um, Mike, what would you say is the mistake number one that we want to avoid? We don't want to lose focus on discipleship. Radio. What do you mean by that? We want the main game to be the main game. We talk a lot on this pod about discipleship being the main game. Youth ministry is not simply about... Um, looking after kids on a Sunday morning so they're out of the way. Uh, it's not simply about having something on a Friday night so they're not off at a party doing something else. Uh, the point of having youth ministry, whether it's a Friday night thing or a youth Bible study or something like that, uh, is discipleship. We want to see young people growing as followers of Jesus. So we want them to be moving forward in their faith, maturing, putting into practice that which they know um, that's what maturity is in the Bible, right? It's not just about knowing stuff. It's actually putting into practice what you know. Do not simply hear the word, but do it, James yeah, says. Yeah, I've been fascinated reading through the Gospels recently, and particularly in John. But what you see in, the, in, in these narratives is the way he's training his disciples over and over again. Jesus spent a lot of time just away from the crowds with his disciples. And uh, he, he was really investing in them for the long term of, of the faith, really. Uh, Mike, how do we avoid the trap of forgetting about discipleship? How do we remember discipleship? So I think it's being clear on what our um, mission and vision are for our youth ministry. We want those things to be, we want discipleship to be at the centre of it. uh, And we want to be structured in such a way that that helps us to think about that. So that could be um, having certain leaders responsible for certain groups of kids and thinking about the discipleship. We want our structures of what we do when we gather uh, to help us to think about that. Um, how is it that people are um, grown as Christians? Well, it's through the Word, by the work of the Spirit. So we want the Word to be a part of what we're doing. Uh, we want to be um, thinking about uh, how we are modelling that as leaders. So we, we just want it to really soak through right what we do. It won't happen by accident. Mm. And so thinking about it, making sure it's right there, at the, like super clear for us as a mission and vision for our youth ministry, however that might look as like a subset of your ch- wider church's mission and vision, uh, we want to have um, the structures, we want to have the leaders on board with that uh, and we want to be talking about it from the front. Like be, it's like we want to be clear with the youth what, like what we're about. You know, I think back to um, a time where we had go back into early... 2000s we had some pretty great uh, skate ramps at church because a bunch <laughs> of our christian kids were were into skating and we drew a crowd mm. uh, very quickly mm. uh, and very quickly it became nearly impossible for the for the word to be looked at because every time you try to sit down uh, and talk about it or or engage with it it was just it was just it was wild kids and because kids were just there to skate right and what we were trying anything else we were trying to do 
was getting in the way of that, and so they were kicking back against that. And so in the end, uh, we need, we had to get rid of the ramps because um, it was great in one sense. There was a crowd, but we had lost focus on discipleship, yeah. and it was getting in the way. Right. And we don't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah. In a in a world where the uh, church is becoming more and more unfamiliar to people, and probably even less popular, the temptation will be to follow what is popular, what will get people here. We want to avoid that. I mean, it's just fascinating that Jesus himself deliberately went out of his way sometimes to become unpopular yeah. uh, because the time wasn't right for him to be made king. And so he really pushed into that unpopular zone for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah, we, we can learn from that. Rightio, well, let's go and move on to a second mistake. It's almost the opposite, exact opposite of that. Um, the second mistake made in youth ministries is that we lose focus on evangelism mike yeah and as marty said it is it's the flip right like you can if you have too small a view of what discipleship is um you think that all we need all we should be doing is thinking about how to grow people as christians but actually we want to see people become disciples Mm. and then grow Mm. and so we don't want to lose that focus that's why um, if all you want to do is draw a crowd, well, that's a problem because then you've lost that sort of growing part of discipleship. But if you don't care that there's no crowd, then we've maybe we've lost the focus on evangelism. We want to think about how can we take the wonderful message of the gospel uh, to the young people of our um, of our cities and our towns and the schools that our Christian kids go to and their friends, their families, their neighbours. Uh, how can we engage them with the gospel that they might come under the lordship of Jesus. Right. And so we don't want to we don't want to lose that. And one of the like to go back to my skateboarding analogy with the um well story with the uh, with the Rams like there's like there when I look back and think well is there more that we could have like because we had the crowd coming. Mm. Um and you sometimes and maybe this was the case back then sometimes it is actually the gospel that repels people. Yeah. Uh, and and we don't want to therefore lose the gospel or water down the gospel or change the gospel or, or put it to the side. But we do want to be thinking about, well, if, if we don't have the non-Christians there in our youth ministries, what can we do to help that? And that's, people um, sometimes say, well, every week's a good week to bring a friend to youth ministry. I think that's true. Like you want to have a youth ministry where, you feel, where kids can feel confident. But that's where I think there is – I still think there is room for thinking uh, about – Having specific nights for people to bring friends, where you can, you know, you can do stuff to sort of build those, um, build those relationships, build that connection between the friends of the kids who already come and the youth ministry and their leaders. Um, you can do social things like that. Like we try and really use our um, our out nights that we have. We have once a term. We have an out night, you know, mm. pup part or whatever it is. That's a great um, non-threatening, neutral venue place for friends of our kids at youth to come and check out and get to know some people and i find that um, can be a really great in because they meet other kids you get that merging of worlds that they talk about like the your christian kids might have a friend at school who and they've got their friends at church and having an opportunity at a like an out night or a social night to be able to kind of merge those worlds get their friend to meet the leaders and the friend hopefully can go oh these people are all right, like you know, and that can help precipitate the the invite to another night of youth, and it can sometimes help to get that relationship going. But the key thing is that we don't simply 
be happy with the fact that we're gathering a group of Christian kids every week. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, and our youth community is just Christian kids and we're doing great growing discipleship work. We, we want to have that heart for the outsider that we would see people come under the sound of the gospel. And I think you said something that it's the gospel that can repel people. I reckon that's the thing that we want people repelled from. Mm. Maybe not our attitude towards outsiders. Um, maybe not a really poorly run youth ministry. We want the gospel to be the very thing, if anything, that repels. Mm. There was a theologian somewhere in the last 2,000 years, I just can't remember who it was, that said, the same warmth of the sun that melts butter is the very same warmth that hardens the clay. And I found that really appealing because that's very true. On the one hand, if we don't share the gospel, how will hearts be melted and to turn to Jesus? But also, if we don't have the gospel um, spoken at youth group, then the very gospel that judges people... Yeah. Uh, one, yeah. It's the same seed, right? The same seed that the, that the sower, the farmer scatters on the right. on the ground, right? Yeah, Some of it right. falls on yeah. hard, yeah. you know, ground. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we've got two mistakes so far. The first one is we want to keep... We don't want to lose focus on discipleship. The second one is we don't want to lose focus on evangelism. Mike, uh, third mistake every youth group makes is going rogue. That youth group that just goes out on a limb, does its own thing. What's going on there? Well, I think it can be a common, like it's a story you hear relatively regularly, sadly, um, probably for two reasons. And one which I think um, we in youth ministry need to own and one I think church leaders need to own. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes church leaders, we'll start with them, sometimes church leaders cannot be that interested in youth ministry. And so, because they're thinking, oh, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of noise, it's a lot of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of energy, there's lots of stuff going on. And so youth ministry is happening. It might be happening on a Friday night or something like that. Um, and so it's away. It's away from the sort of the, the regular Sunday service or whatever. And so you're, you're not getting that connection with the leadership in the church. And then before you know it, it's like there's this little fiefdom happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and um, the... The boat has moved a long way from the dock, and the senior leadership in a church hasn't has sort of not noticed that until it's quite significantly moved away. And then on the flip side, sometimes where we have to own it in youth ministry is when we um, we like that because then there's nobody telling us what to do or looking over our shoulder. No or accountability. Accountable. Yeah. accountable. Yeah. And so um, those are problems. What you want is um, engaged leadership from your church leadership engaged in what's happening in youth ministry you want youth ministry which is connected to the vision and mission of the church and you want youth ministry leaders people leading that ministry and leading in that ministry who are um, keen to be connected with the leadership of the church uh, keen to be on 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 mission and and on on vision with that church yes and uh, willing to submit as they should to the leadership of that yeah. church um and when that all works together, when they're sort of um, encouraging each other and working together and doing that, it can be a wonderful thing, which is actually good for the youth ministry. Too many times we hear yeah, the boat moves away from the dock and yeah. then it gets all a little bit ugly, sadly, down the track. I reckon one way that you can avoid uh, going rogue is finding your church's mission and vision, mm. reading that, 
either adopting that and embracing that as your vision and mission or tweaking it to make it more relevant to youth perhaps. But one thing that would say to a pastor is, hey, your vision is our vision. What you're doing is what we're doing. I reckon that's really like a huge step. Um, secondly, I think if you haven't met regularly with the pastor of the church or yeah. whoever the elders are in your church to let them know what's happening in youth, I think now's the time to start doing that. Yep. Connect and say, this is what we're doing and this is how it's going. Could you pray for us? Um, how can we at youth group pray for the wider church? What can we do there? Yep. Anything else we can do to avoid going rogue? No, I think those are the key things. You want to you want to want as a youth leader, particularly someone who's running youth, you want to want to be connected with mm. the leadership of your mm. church. Yep, yep. Uh, another um, very easy thing you could do is have a youth day at your Sunday church service that you interview some youth, you show a video of what's going on at youth, connect it back in. People love it. They're so encouraged by seeing young people come to faith. I reckon that's another thing you can do. All right, um, let's move on. Number four, uh, we want to avoid disorganized youth ministry. That is a mistake so many youth ministries make, being disorganized. Uh, Mike, uh, have you grown in your organization? If so, how have you grown? I think I've grown somewhat. I still wouldn't say organization is my greatest skill. I have to work hard to, to even do a fairly mediocre job of it. And so that's why for me, building a team is really important. You one of the things that having a team does is it means that you can um, helpfully atomize some of the parts of youth ministry to make sure things are going to be organized so that you're not turning up and thinking oh we're supposed to be we're supposed to be serving some food at some point mm. in this mm. night and there's no food here or um, we're supposed to be having discussion questions after this talk but there's no discussion questions written or you know we need um, you know, we need 600 tennis balls for this activity and we don't have them, um, whatever it is, uh, that I think th the team can, can actually help in structure, like you can structure your way to it. One of the things um, we don't want because is to have, whether it be a youth Bible study or a, or a Friday night youth ministry that isn't organised because that, that actually kicks back in all sorts of areas that are unhelpful for us. It kicks back on... Leading in a team that's really disorganised, right? Isn't that that's not fun? It's not fun when at the last minute you've got to pick up the slack for someone because something's been missed, and and now like that the team feels the pressure. Um, as a parent, if you're dropping your kid off and you're just like, it's pretty unclear what's happening, how what's supposed to be going on here. Particularly, like you think about the non-Christian parent who might be a little sus on youth ministry, but is willing to sort of give it a go, and they turn up and is. There's, they, they don't know who the leaders are, who they're supposed to speak to, are they supposed to sign in, how's this supposed to work? Um, that's not helpful. It's not helpful for um, your relationship, As going back to the last point about going rogue, it's not helpful for your relationship with the leadership of your church. If they're asking you what's going on and you can't answer the question because right. you're not quite sure, it's not helpful for the Christian kids. It doesn't build confidence in them to both um, want to be there and want to bring their friends. So it, so it, it doesn't feel necessarily like a big thing but it, i think it is a big thing but then on the flip side of that i also want to say that um like it's youth ministries it's a big lift like mm. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on it takes a lot of time and, and so it is hard to do those things week in and week out that's and that's right. where i think a team is really important and a structure is really important yeah. now you might have drifted as a youth leader or a youth minister into thinking just week by week just getting through 24 hours at a time we just want to kind of encourage you to go, yeah, that's kind of really normal to fall back into that. The other thing we want to encourage is to try and get outside of that and thinking, 
um, about a bit more down the track and thinking a bit longer term, and that will help the organisation. I have a um, when I'm on focus with my ministry, I have a thirty fourteen seven morning every week and what that is is one morning I set aside two hours and I think what's going on 30 days down the track what's going on 14 days down the track and what's going on seven days down the track and that helps me just thinking outside of what's happening right now to think what's happening in a month and if I can within that two hours plan for things a month away that's really helpful for other people and uh, if I can think of things in two weeks it just stops me being just minute by minute but sometimes we just get into that minute by minute we just want to you know um just recognise that that's, that's really normal and try and get out of it. That's the other thing we want to do. And I think I would say digging yourself out of that hole, which can be difficult, like when, when things have really deteriorated and mm. you're just like, oh, man, things are a mess. Mm. Um, the temptation can be, oh, now I've got to try and I've got to have everything organised from now until the end of the year. Mm. But I say, I, I really like you, you're 30, 14, 7. Like even to go, okay, I now need to put in a structure for the next four weeks. I just want to send out something to all of the leaders on Monday saying this is what the plan is for fr- for Friday, if, say, you've got a Friday youth ministry, and that might help you to then go, oh, yeah, those 600 tennis balls, who's actually going to get them? Yeah, that's um, so good. And then, oh, <laughs> so we're just dancing in here. You can't see it. but um, And so... That can help. And then I would say you do that for four weeks and then you feel like you give up. And then once you get to four weeks, say for the next sort of four weeks, every week I'm going to look um, a couple of weeks down the track and just start to, because now you've got, okay, Friday sorted out, um, but now I can start to think a little bit further down the track. And over time, you can start to move that planning out and out and out. And then before you know it, you'll be like, oh, actually, we we do have a plan in place for the next term, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and that'll help you out. But you're not going to get your whole year planned out in one two-hour setting. No, that's right. And that'll just probably end up causing you more stress, but just go, just get, just try and get a week ahead and get a couple of weeks ahead yeah. and build. Yeah. Youth leaders and youth pastors, uh, sorry, those who are overseeing the youth ministry, we do highly recommend a day at the beginning of the year to plan with your leaders. And if you can, one day at the beginning of each term to meet together. Even if that's all you do, that's going to help a long, uh, long way Big to being an organised youth group. Uh, the last mistake we have is going against what Mike and I have already talked about. It's coming off the cuff a little bit here. The one I want to talk about is a prayerless youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I think that is a massive mistake that we become so pragmatic and not prayerful enough um, Mike, do you want to speak to that? This is totally yeah, off well the cuff you, here. Yeah. If you go back to um, the main game, right? Discipleship's the main game. A big picture thinking about discipleship, seeing people become disciples of Jesus, that's evangelism and, and mission, and also seeing people grow as disciples in maturity. And that happens by the work of the Spirit. Yeah? And God has ordained it such that he would work through his people to set it happen. But um, we can't do it off our own. Yeah, but we need God to move. We need mm. God to work. We need His Spirit to be at work, and so um, it should drive us to prayer. Mm. We should look out and go, like you know, we're sitting here in Hobart right now, and I look out the window and think, like, how are we going to get um, hundreds of these kids from across mm. Hobart um, to put their faith in the Lord Jesus? Isn't humanly speaking, we can't do it. Mm. We need 
God to move to do it. Yeah. And so we should be asking him to do that. Um, how are we going to have um, youth ministry where kids are growing? Um, we need God to do that. How are we going to, um, as leaders, um, lead well? We need God to help us to do that. How are we going to um, you know, not go rogue? We, we, need, mm. we need to pray that God would be at work in the leadership of our churches and in us, that we would connect well with them, like all of it. Mm. And, so, and it's so easy because there's so many moving parts in youth ministry. Um, prayer can often feel when you've got particularly, you know, you've got multiple ages of kids at youth. So sometimes it's hard to figure out, well, how can we do How do we do that? What's the best way to do prayer here together? Um, yeah, it can get, it can just get lost. It can mm. get lost in our leaders' meetings as we're just thinking about, hey, there's these pastoral issues going on with this kid and so what do we need to do about it and who's getting the 600 tennis balls and how, like, all this sort of thing. Have you got a youth group game about tennis balls coming up? Because you've mentioned no, that nine yeah, times. No, it's just a... Um, <laughs> just I, your biggest fear. <laughs> as far as I know, I've never been involved in a game of 600 tennis balls. But it's the sort of thing that I reckon if you told someone that, oh, on Friday night we're doing a youth ministry thing, we need 600 tennis balls, <laughs> someone would go, oh, yeah, sounds about right. right. <laughs> That's um, right. And so, yeah, we, 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 we need to work hard to make sure. And I think this would go back to the structures, right? How, we, how does prayer work in our youth gathering? How we... How does it work in our youth leaders' meetings? How do we are we praying beforehand? Are we praying afterwards? Are we pray, yeah, make it part of what we do. Yeah, I reckon um, whenever I hear of youth ministries that have a pre-youth group prayer time with either just youth leaders or with even inviting kids, that's a very encouraging thing to hear. That that's a youth group that's saying, uh, if we're not crying out to God, we should be. Yeah. Um, I don't think it leads to success. I, I'm not someone that says the more prayer, the more success. What I will say is the more prayers, the more rely, relying on God, and that's a, a very good thing. Uh, like if you're in a ministry mess right now, the last thing you want to do is pray. You just want to get active and do things. What I'm, I guess we want to recommend, recommend is let's get praying. Get on your knees. Absolutely. Beg God to fix the situation. Uh, if you're in a great spot right now and your youth ministry is growing, what a perfect opportunity to get on your knees and praise God for what he's doing. Yeah, because you, you, you didn't do it. Yeah, like correct. God, yeah. Like, whatever happened, God did it through you. Yeah. And if you happen to be a parent or a youth uh, interested person but not part of the youth group, why don't you commit to praying for your youth ministry at your church once a week, put it in your calendar, set an alarm, and pray for that youth ministry to grow and to be fruit, uh, fruitful and be faithful. Uh, I think... A massive mistake we can make is to be a prayerless youth ministry. Mm. So that's our five uh, mistakes youth groups make and how to avoid them. I do have a cheeky last one. Okay, Mike. Here's that's number six. One. That number, doesn't number fit. Number six. All right, go. Number six mistake youth ministry make, not getting involved with TYC. TYC. TYC Roadshow. Roadshow, yep. Launceston this Friday, which is going to be the 24th of March. 31st of March in Hobart. Uh, Correct. And then we've got Taz Youth Leaders Training Conference coming up in June. Yep. And so all our info is on our website, uh, tazyouthconvention.com. And I think it's .com, .com.au. I should really know that, shouldn't I, as a chairperson? Uh, and also on our Facebook page. So we love, like, all this sort of stuff that we talk about on the pod, 
Like, we want to support you as youth ministries to do that. We want Roadshow is about getting the gospel out to young people, having a place they can bring their friends, um, all that sort of thing. Touch youth leaders. We want to train leaders. Mm. And, of course, we've got Weekend coming up in October as well. So That's right. Yeah. So if you're listening in Germany, um, we don't know how much it costs to get over here for Taz. You've, you've got convention. time. Yeah, you have time. So, <laughs> Particularly if you come to Hobart, you've got, like, more than a week. That's so. right. All right. 